0: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this bitterly cold Sunday, first Sunday of December. So that means Ryan Grace will sing Christmas carols for the next 16 minutes. Coming up on the show besides Ryan singing carols we'll have reaction from Nemo Rangers and their fantastic win today in the AIB Munster Club Championship Final. they of you few Clonmel Commercials we will speak to their manager Paul Donovan and Captain Barry Driscoll, along with Luke Connolly who scored 7 points and Paul Kerrigan who won his 5th Munster title today and scored his 300th point for Nemo as well today. Also on the show we're going to talk to Cork footballer Brian Hurley about his year recovering from injury and the Ahead for Cork and more. And we're going to talk to Neil McCarthy, the Cork discus thrower who secured a bronze medal at the recent Parathletics Championships in Dubai. So, all that and more to come on the big red bench. He's here, he wore his little Arsenal jersey and all for the first game, the Freddie Lumber rain and what a roller coaster over 90 minutes. That was Ryan Grace.
2: Yes, I should have known better. I should have brought the Norwich one in the bag just in case.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit but if you want to get in touch with us 0868 104 106 if you'd like to get in touch with us on the show you can tweet us as well uh, at Big Red Bench but we do have lots to cover over the next hour are thereabouts. Uh, first up, uh, Ryan's going to get us up to date on uh, everything that happens today and was it? Busy Sporting Day.
2: Yeah, cheers we'll start with Gaelic games of course the big news today Lee side Nemo Rangers champions of Munster for the 17th time they defeated Clonmel commercials in today's AIB Munster Club championship final in Dungarvan winning by 15 points to 6 and Oisin Langdon was at Fraherfield for Red FM Sport
3: Nemo Rangers champions of Munster for the 17th time following a 15 points to 6 win against Clonmel commercials Luke Connolly named Man of the Match he was excellent today with 7 points 2 of them from Freeze some of the scores he got from play were immense although Nemo were wasteful at Times in the first half, they had three or four goal chances, none of which they took. Clonmel, as we say, second best from start to finish. They just didn't get going at all today. And Nemo are the AIB Munster Club champions yet again. The final score in Dungarvan: Nemo Rangers 15 points, Clonmel Commercials six points.
2: And we'll have plenty of reaction to Nemo's big win across the rest of the show. Two games today in the Premier Under-21 Hurling Championship. Douglas have just gotten underway against Duhallo. We'll have live updates from that fixture across the show as well. At half past seven this evening, Glen Rovers and Blackrock go head-to-head. Both of those games taking place on the 4G pitch in Porky Cueve. Now in football, two games still in action in the Premier League with just under 20 minutes left on the clock. Man United are drawing with Aston Villa 2-all at Old Trafford. Yeah, Peter Smith is watching this one.
1: Manchester United to Aston Villa 2, Taro Mings with an equalising goal, onside after a VAR check, after the ball had been whipped in by Matt Target, it's Manchester United to Aston Villa 2. And more VAR checks, you know how much I love those.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> I believe Leicester City are also in action at home to Everton. Yeah, and they've equalised against the Toffees, Derek Clark.
4: Leicester City won, Everton won and it's Jamie Vardy to equalise for the Foxes, it was Ian Achill just brought on as a substitute of a shot, a right-footed shot it went into the back post and there was Jamie Vardy with the simplest of tasks to tap it into the net to make it Leicester City won, Everton won
2: Just over 15 minutes left on the clock for both of those games. Now, earlier this afternoon, Freddie Youngbird's first game in charge of Arsenal finished in a 2-all draw with Norwich in an entertaining encounter at Carrow Road. The Gunners are now eight games without a victory in all competitions. And we'll get a report there from Guy Swindles.
1: Norwich 2, Arsenal 2. An absolute thriller. Norwich eventually took the lead through Pookie on the 21st minute, that was against the run of play, Arsenal started superbly, but then we had VAR complications over a twice taken penalty before Aubameyang managed to equalise for the first time, Norwich went ahead again through Cadwell at the end of the first half, Aubameyang got his team back in it, but after that it was all Leno against Norwich, Norwich had more wonderful opportunities, Leno saved them all it stayed, Norwich Two Arsenal two. Are you happy enough with the uh any signs of progression from Freddie Lumberg? I mean no, he's only been in the job like yeah, it's about a half of days or whatever Yeah,
2: it yeah. Uh, it's a bit early. Ah, uh, there were signs of some good attacking football, but I mean, defensive problems, frailty problems still problems to the fore. The back are still there, but sure, of course they are. Like, it's not going to be. We watched it in the office then. It was a fun game to watch. It was. It was quite entertaining, actually, uh, with Aubameyang's retaken penalty. And there was a few things, all right, that kind of gave it, uh, gave it a bit of a, a glamour tie feel. Uh, the other game of the day kicked off at two o'clock. It was Wolves, who hosted Sheffield United at the Molyneux. Yeah, Alex Winter.
0: Wolves won, Sheffield United one. Matt Doherty's
1: second-half header for Wolves cancelling out Lys Mousset's left-foot strike to put United ahead in just the second minute of the game. The visitors had two good chances to double the lead after half-time through David McGoldrick, but both his shots were well saved down low by Raúl Patricio. They could have won it in stoppage time with Oliver McBurney's header at the back post, but he couldn't quite keep it down. But it was a good point for the Blades, who preserved their unbeaten away record
0: in the pre- League. They finish Wolves 1, <laughs> Sheffield United 1.
2: Now off the pitch, Watford are searching for a new manager. They sacked Kike Sanchez Flores earlier today. Watford are currently bottom of the Premier League table following their two-one loss to Southampton last night. The club have made an official statement saying the appointment of a new head coach is imminent, and best of luck to whoever that is. Yeah, it's probably like probably the right. I'd say probably the right decision. They're rock
1: bottom of the the Premier League table. Can't buy uh, a win, no luck whatsoever. No, uh, probably the right decision.
2: Oh, we one hundred percent. We were saying earlier on as well. It's the Third Premier League sacking in two weeks. They're all they're all going to be gone out at this rate. Not going like you know. to. probably surprised that He hasn't been sacked. Yeah, certainly. I would probably say him or Marco Silva are probably the next would be one of the next heads to roll. But you never know these days. Probably. Yeah. I mean, like I thought that like you know the last Aston Villa today that could be it for for Solskjaer,
1: But you, you just never know him. Um, they fought back twice, Manchester United, and uh, there's still time to get a winner here. It's thirteen minutes left on the clock at Old Trafford, but uh, it's anyone's game here. It's very, very, very even stuff at Old Trafford.
2: Yeah, definitely. There also seems to be a target on Manuel Pellegrini's back in West Ham, although the win yesterday against yeah, Chelsea that, yeah. is probably after kind of saving him for a little for a bit while while. longer, but for a while, for a while. In the Scottish Premiership, league leaders Celtic have beaten Ross County comfortably four-one in Highland. That was a noon kickoff. Is followed by Rangers who beat Hearts five nil at the Ibrox this afternoon Celtic and Rangers are now level on points at the top of the league with Celtic just edging out Stephen Jarrod's side on goal difference. Just the one fixture in the Podio connor Cup this afternoon in basketball, Ambassador UCC Glanmire, they've beaten WIT Wildcats it was their quarter final clash it took place in the upper Glanmire sports complex, 74 points to 66 is how it finished it means, Glanmire will now face Killester in the final four In golf Spaniard, Pablo Larathabel survived an alarming run to capture his fifth European title with a one shot at win at the Alfred Dunhill Championship 36 year old world number 261 began the final round at Leopard Creek with a three shot lead but then he had six bogeys and a double bogey in the first 13 holes he then recovered uh, inside three feet for the last fifth birdie an eventful three over 75 to get him over the line in snooker, the action continues today in the second round of this year's UK Championship with routine victories this afternoon for Ding Zhonghui, Graham Dott and world number one Judd Trump and the likes of John Higgins, Mark Williams and Stephen Maguire are all in action from 7 o'clock. Quick mention to Liang Wenbo uh, as well who's on the table from 7 o'clock this evening whose mother unfortunately passed away on Tuesday and in that time he's flown home and organised all funeral arrangements and all the rest of it and has flown back to the UK and is playing his second round game against David Grace from 7th. So, yeah, fair play to him. He's a very good snooker player as well. He won the English Open in 2016, I believe he's a... Um, very accomplished player so well done to him in boxing Northern Ireland's Carl Frampton made a noteworthy return returned to the ring in Las Vegas last night he beat Tyler McCreary in a unanimous points win former two division world champion twice knocked down McCreary first in the sixth round with a body shot before a pair of left hooks in the ninth round McCreary uh, his opponent had been unbeaten in 17 contests yeah I didn't get a chance to see the whole
1: fight saw a little bit of clips online those uh, left hooks in the ninth I felt those <laughs> myself but uh just reading the reports in the clips Frampton looked at decent enough he'd been hampered I uh, broke his hand in, in the build up still wanted to get back out there and then afterwards you call out Jamal Herring who's the WBO super featherweight uh, world champion who was towering over um, over the jackal I mean like uh, Frampton is he's not huge by any means but Herring is massive I mean mm. like it, it'd be a very very interesting fight statistically if it were to happen he wants it to happen in Belfast or uh, next summer but if he doesn't he said he's willing to go to Vegas so that would be an interesting fight Mike, yeah, yeah, good to see Carl Frampton uh, get back and if he were to win against Jamal Harding he'd become the first Irish uh, boxer to win uh, a title at three different weights
2: mm, Great stuff Finally for now in motorsport Britain's Lewis Hamilton sealed the victory at the season-ending Abu Dhabi F1 Grand Prix The world champion registered his 11th race win of the campaign after coming in ahead of Red Bull's Max Verstappen It's Lewis Hamilton's 84th triumph of his career
1: all right, thank you very much indeed for that, Ryan. Ten minutes to go in both of the half-four games. Manchester United 2, Aston Villa 2, Leicester City 1, Everton 1 is how it stands. But we are going to talk Nemo Rangers and that fantastic win. Over Clonmel commercials today, Oshin Lang in there for us and spoke to Nemo manager uh, Paul O'Donovan and captain Barry O'Driscoll.
3: Paul O'Donovan, Nemo Rangers manager. How does it feel to be AIB Munster Champions for the
5: 17th time? Yeah, that's a nice ring about it, all right. Uh, Munster Champions 2018. Look, I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, I think the effort that the lads put in was um, rewarded there today. I know we, we played very well. Our backs in particular were outstanding. We kept them to six points, which is testimony to their uh, their doggedness and their closing down and everything about them was was brilliant today. The blocking down, it was one great block down there in the first half. And that's what we expect from them, you know
3: is it fair to say you managed today's game well on the pitch there
5: we did yeah I suppose we've managed most of the games now this year very well Um, particularly our backs Uh, there was a while there now that Seamus Kennedy was getting free and getting up the field so we needed we needed to try and uh, manage that as best we can um, but in fairness uh, once we got to grips of what Sheamus was doing I think we controlled the game then very well in our own turn
3: Your captain thought he was done with his work for the day he's almost done before I talk to your captain give me a word about him there he is with the he's company's outstanding.
5: hand He's been a magnificent captain I mean if you ever want something done in the club whether it is present medals or given the intermediate team rubs or mayor risk for the intermediate team Barry Germain, he doesn't believe amount to work for the club so to- I'm delighted for him today he's been outstanding brilliant captain delighted for him today you
3: you can start the post-match interview with them. What's your first question?
5: Why do we take it off? <laughs>
3: I don't know. You were taken off at the end. I think it was to
6: give you a rest, Barry. you I still haven't finished the game, uh. <laughs> Barry. How does it feel to be Monster Champions yet again? You have the cup in hand there. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm just over the moon. Uh, like the scoreline, I'm looking at it, and we didn't see the game going that way. We thought it was going to be a bit of a, a bit of a dogfight and just two teams clashing off each other for 60 minutes. But I, I'm just delighted with how we played uh, all the way through, and we were consistent, and that's just great. We see
3: sometimes in winter football but it's difficult to work the ball through the lines but you did it really well today
6: yeah we did and I think we got lucky with the conditions because coming down here we're kind of on the water you're thinking geez, this could, be, this could be like torrential you just don't know But like, well, it's always sunny in Dungar you know, i tell yeah, you know. luck, sure I didn't know that <laughs> uh, but no the pitch was quite good uh, the, the conditions were good there was uh, just a bit of a breeze and I think it, su- it suited us just the game we were able to break fast and we were creating space and we had felt runners coming from all over the field which helped can he get better again?
3: I mean, in front of goal, while well, you got 15 points, he probably left maybe three or four goals behind.
6: Yeah, of course we can. I mean, that's what we're striving to do all the time. Uh, like, we chances we missed today, I missed uh, I missed two. I shouldn't have missed them, I'd say, but I missed them anyway. Uh, so look, that's, there's room for improvement there the whole time. I know there's other fellas uh, had shots or drop balls or whatever it may be. That's always going to happen, but the, the great thing was the, the work rate didn't drop and if someone made a mistake,
3: they got back to, to work and help out. I know it's a game that you'll start thinking about maybe next week or the week after, but... It's yourselves and Corrafin in the semi-final on the 4th or 5th of January both of you are massively experienced in the club championship but none of you have had this experience before of this kind of quicker turnaround
6: no not, not at all and it's a kind of case Christmas is cancelled so uh, we're just going to obviously enjoy the celebrations for a couple of days and the management will set out a plan of what best to do over the Christmas period uh, and look it's a good complaint to have but it's, it will be a little difficult or a little different to navigate but I'm sure we'll, we'll find a way about it yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy it too, congratulations on your AIB monster Club Championship win a 17th for the More Rangers. Yeah, and I'm, I'm completely baffled that I'm the captain of this club to, to be doing that so I'm just I'm just over the moon and it's, it's great to be representing and just like for, for Paul for our management all the other players and you know other
3: management I would have had
6: growing up and everyone who helps out around the club it's just fantastic because it's for everyone
3: yeah, there's a legacy as well I mean Billy Morgan on the sidelines so many legends that have gone before and done it before that that must actually help rather than hinder the fact that that's just the culture of the club oh completely helps and I mean like there,
6: there's, there's there's no ego about anyone everyone is just there to to put the their effort and give a hand out in whatever way they can, like be it a a, a word to you or put no cones or whatever the hell it might be. You know, everyone just everyone just puts their shoulder to the wheel and helps. Barry, well done. Thanks very much.
1: That's Barry O'Driscoll there speaking after uh, Nemo's seventeenth uh, monster title win. Uh, it's an incredible record they have, Ryan. They've won twenty one um, Cork. Uh, senior Football Championship titles They've converted 17 of those Into Munster titles That's a phenomenal yeah, That's unbelievable Phenomenal record uh, Another man making uh, records today Was uh, Paul Kerrigan He won his 5th Munster title today He also scored his tr- 300th point In the green and black um, So he got one score today Pam over the bar It was his 231st uh, point uh, Career point in club football um, So he's also scored 23 goals um, for Nemo Rangers as well so that means uh, that was his 300th uh, point today which was God. his 100th senior appearance uh, only two other players uh, have made 100 senior appearances uh, for Nemo in the championship um, one was the legendary Denny Allen and the other was Pause Dad Jimmy so he's in very very illustrious company there today yeah. uh, he also got a chance to speak to soon after the final whistle
3: Paul Kerrigan, Munster champions yet again, how does that feel? Yeah,
7: delighted, um, a really good win um, Good tough game And with uh, kind of our defence relief were unbelievable all day and, Like they have been all year And we kind of took 15 points on the board Probably could have been 20-odd So um, good day's work and a cup in the bag
3: You seem to take the mantra of Start at the back, stop their good players And then do what you need to do Is that the kind of mantra you had today? or uh, It's just, like
7: our target is eight points keep a, keep a team to eight points and that's everyone and it starts especially with our opposition kick out which we work on a lot and, uh, and look if we can pin them up there keep enough ball up there we've good forwards um, and we'll rack up big scores and then the, the defenders in fairness if they have to go man to man two on two inside they do that and then we have to filter the numbers back that's up to us outside but uh, yeah like the likes of Quinlan and Seamus Kennedy and Jack Kennedy they were obviously guys we were probably
3: targeting primarily as well yeah. and you ran it when you needed to as well and you ran it through the middle and out wide you kind of carried the ball well and smartly at times yeah at times in the first half uh, the sun was actually very
7: strong, so it was hard to n- nearly pick out a pass. So we had to carry it probably that bit longer, um, and we were trying to use the width as much as we could, you know, to stretch them. Because halfway through the half, they changed and play, started playing a sweeper, and uh, we probably had to work it that bit more. Um, but um, yeah, uh, we kind of fancy our, our lads at the back are as good as ball players are forwards. So if they want to leave them have the ball, we're happy enough with that. We kind of we've got confidence that they'll keep it and, and do the right thing.
3: I spoke to you during the week, and we did mention 2015. I suppose yeah. who didn't in the lead into this? Maybe ye and the yeah. squad didn't, but everyone around it did. Is this one a bit more special? because of what they did in 2015 was there a bit more hanging over this one or did it have any relevance no the only relevant thing we spoke about was the
7: field the address room after I think our manager at that time Stephen O'Brien he was talking during the week and he said it was one of the worst things he ever seen, mentioned in the scene in his life do you know what I mean? like in terms of football so like it was like a funeral that day it was just no one was talking to each other it was fairly shocking so um Look, um, the revenge wasn't really on our mind. It was just getting away from that feeling and getting another monster title, and maybe backing up the county, and that's what we did. Not too long a turnaround now to the Carfin game. Is that a good thing? Uh, yeah. Look, eventually it'll take three, four years probably to probably work smoothly but look we'll take a week off probably and then it's four weeks to so a massive game again um, so look we will be massive underdogs but look we'll we'll put the work in as we always do and we'll see what happens. Enjoy Don
6: Garvin
1: anyway, well, Yeah that's uh Langan there spoke yeah speaking to uh Paul I. Kerrigan and as you mentioned Corfin our Nemo's opponents in the uh, the All Ireland semi final. will be the first weekend of January. Um, club Championship um, finals have been brought forward uh, this year. They're obviously normally on Patrick's Day mm. in, in Park Path have been brought forward. The ultimate aim, I suppose, to to have the games in like you know, the the the, the All Ireland champ, Club Championship finished in the calendar year. Um, so they only have a four or five week turnaround as Paul mentioned there it might take a week off and then back on the horse then straight after that but they are facing yeah. a Corfin who who uh, beat them handily in the uh, the All-Ireland final back in 2018 a very very comfortable win for Corfin that day Nemoch didn't turn up thing we were shell-shocked so they are very focused on getting back mm. Do you uh, think
2: it'll be different this time round if they more of a chance sir?
1: Um, hopefully anyway um, I hope they'll have learned a lot from that I think uh, they've improved over the last couple of years as well Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how they, they fair when they line out in uh, f- uh, in uh, in five weeks time on the first weekend of uh, January um, just getting up to date uh, on the Premier League scores it's approaching full time now Manchester United to Aston Villa to Leicester City one, Everton one, and in the Premier Under-21 Hurling Championship third round Douglas Luton do 1-1 to uh, no score there after uh, four minutes of play we're going to hear now from uh, Nemo's Luke Connolly
3: Oh, Luke have... Connolly of Nemo Rangers, how does it feel to be a Munster champion yet again? Uh, yeah, feels
8: great. Do you know, um... I suppose you want to enjoy every one of them, do you know. This isn't the second one; it's it's one of today, you know. And yeah, it's fantastic. John, you know, this is where you want to be.
3: Talk to me about today's game. You were comfortable winners on the scoreboard. Did you make it a bit tough on yourselves at times, though? Um, I, do you know, what I
8: don't think so. Look, Camille are a great side, do you know. I look at, I suppose, look at how t- football has rose over the years, They're the catalyst to it. John you know, likes of, of MQ there and Fulford from Jaw, you know, They're the, the fellows who bought t- football where it is. So um, I don't think it was a case of making it hard. I think look, they were going to get a proper patch um, at some stage. We just weathered
3: it quite well. Provincial title are always special I think regardless of circumstance the fact that that Kamel loss hurt so much a couple of years ago does this mean a little bit more is there a little bit more weight on this one because of that
8: no look every one of them is, is, is as valuable as the next um, obviously we had that narrative of 2015 hanging over us um, it wasn't something that we focused on to be honest we're a different side they were a different side You know, it's been four years since we've won a month or since so it was all about today um, and look we're going into a couple of weeks and we have another game behind us on 2017 against Corfin um, so there's always going to be a narrative behind the game it's just focused on the day
3: Shorter turnaround now the semi-final will be on the 4th or 5th of January yeah, is that a good
8: thing? First week of January. Uh, yeah look I suppose you want to enjoy it but given the problems today and good the way gone fellas are going to be buzzing They're going to want to go back to England so um, we, we were in I suppose a tricky position a couple of years ago where we had that layoff. off um, fellas did want to take a break but we kind of had to given the time I suppose now we've excused him to just keep going and drive through Christmas Luke well done in your uh, AIB Monster Club Championship win thank you yeah,
1: it's Luke Hanley there speaking to Oshina after uh, he scored 7 points today in Nemo's win it's approaching full time at Old Trafford a minute two and a half minutes left to go uh, The of uh, time added on it's Manchester United 2 Aston Villa 2 and the other game looks like it's going to end up in a drive draws with a City won, Everton once that would be four draws in the four Premier League games if that were to happen. Alright, uh, for more on the game i got Ushin uh, on the line uh, just before he left Dungarvan. Yes, indeed, we're joins on the line by Ushin Langan who's in Dungarvan. And Oshin, um, that looked like uh, a very comfortable Nemo win in the end.
3: Of course, yes. Ranger Rangers comfortable from start to finish. Never looked like losing this one. And actually Rory, it could have been by more. And saying that is not to disrespect Clonmel commercials. Mm. I think, if they're honest, they'll, they'll know themselves. They, they didn't play at all well today. Nemo were good. They weren't spectacular. They didn't have to be. And they left three or four goals behind them in the first 14, 15 minutes. I mean, they could have had this one done a lot earlier than it actually was. But they moved the ball really well. Defensively, they were solid. Clonmel commercials, even when they got the ball into their danger, men, the likes of Quinlivan and Sean O'Connor and Jason Nonergan, they never looked like they were going to do damage. And Nemo just tactically got it right. And I think... They ran the ball well through the lines and took their scores well. And they just never looked like they were going to lose this one. I and mean, Tom commercials with the players they have, you would think they'd always have the goal threat or they had the option of going long. Well, even when they tried that today, it didn't work. So, look, Nemo Rangers, comfortable winners and deserving AIB their Club champions.
1: Luke Connolly with seven of those points for Nemo Rangers today. Clubs have struggled against Luke in the past, but is there a danger that maybe Nemo could be over-reliant on him?
3: I don't think so, because you always have... His freeze. So the way Nemo play is that they run it at defences. And generally when you do that, you're going to win freeze. Now, Cara Finn probably will work on their discipline ahead of the All-Ireland semi-final, which is coming up on the first weekend of January. It's a shorter turnaround this year. But Luke will always do damage from play. And he's a good man as well to see a runner off his shoulder. he'll, He'll give a good pass in as well. There was times today where maybe Nemo overworked the ball. But I think maybe, just maybe, they were so dominant against Austin Stacks, that it was kind of hard for them to get back into the mind frame of nailing absolutely every pass. And there was times where they look, I won't say lax because that would be unfair. That would actually be a wrong description, but they they overplayed it because Mm -hmm. they were so comfortable in the game. They didn't have to nail every pass. They didn't have to nail every ball. But I I would think, Luke, you know, if if, if you're an opposition defense, if you're an opposition manager, you want to shut him down. But there are some players you just can't shut down and even if you do they still distract your defenders because they make runs and they get on the ball and they bring others into the game and I think Luke is capable of doing all that and uh, you know, seeing him in the flesh today yet again, it was it was a pleasure to watch him and a couple of others as well. But look, Luke Connolly was named out of the match, and there's a reason for that. He was he was immense today.
1: There's a, a steely determination about Nemo since they they, they won the Cork uh, kind of Championship crown this year. They the memory of the Corofin defeat in the All Ireland final last year is fresh in their minds, and they'll want to put that right this time around.
3: Yeah, um, I was talking. To- Paul Kerrigan after the game and I said you know I was a a O'Driscoll. I can't remember which possibly Luke as well actually one of the three players anyway that I spoke to after the game and I said was today a bit more special because of what happened in 2015 and Clonmel commercials getting that that late goal to beat them and whoever it was said not really Um, it was more kind of motivated by their defeat to Cora Finn and that's yeah. maybe what they're thinking of a little bit more now. They're not obsessing on it because if you obsess on something, it can kind of drag you down. But um, certainly I think that, that defeat to Carfin is a bit of a watermark. And, you know, Nemo Rangers, look, I wouldn't dream of speaking for them. But a club like them and the tradition they have, I think they possibly grade themselves by All-Irelands. And now they're back in the All-Ireland series you know, they'll want to win it. They won't look beyond Cara Finn in the semi-final. They won't dis- disrespect themselves at Finn by thinking beyond that. But I think certainly they are thinking back to that defeat by Cara Finn uh, a couple of years back, and 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 they, they you know, they are they are really mm. motivated by it.
1: Um, Cara Finn, obviously the standard bearers last couple of years. Are Nemo Rangers maybe better equipped to face them this time around?
3: I think the lesson that they learned maybe for the last time was. Don't allow Cara Finn run through you because Cara Finn will run, will run through you. Um, but from what I saw of Nemo today, they have enough to certainly make it a close game against Carafin. If they were to meet tomorrow, I'd hate to be the one who'd have to give a prediction on on who'll actually win it because I think it'd be a very close call. And from what I saw today, they're running the ball well, they're moving the ball well. They need to maybe sharpen up a bit in front of goal. And I think they need to get a couple of goals if they're to beat Cara Finn. But certainly, they'd be more... Uh, than a match for Caraphane and I think the gap has closed it hasn't widened since mm. since the last time they met
1: Is the, the five week turnaround an advantage for Nemo in that regard and that they can't really lose focus on it Her Barrio Driscoll in your interview with him just said that Christmas is cancelled now for Nemo essentially
3: yeah, He was a bit like um, the Sheriff of uh, Nottingham and uh, Robin Hood <laughs> Prince of Thieves, Christmas. you know call off Christmas um, <laughs> No I, I I think that the turnaround is actually probably a good thing it's, it may be a little bit better for Nemo actually because they'll have the momentum going mm. into that game after Christmas, and they'll they'll tick over nicely. Whether or not Rory, they'll play challenge games. I don't know whether or not they have league games to play in Cork again. I'm not sure mm. internally how the system works in Cork. You know, we, no, we no, yeah. those of us who live outside only kind of see the big championship games, and I'm not sure exactly how the system works. I'm not sure if they have actual games to play. But look, they'll keep themselves ticking over, and I think um, I think that the turnaround it's an advantage for Nemo, but Kurt Finn, keep in mind, right? When they've won Connacht in the past, which they have done obviously frequently in the recent past, they've had to play in London against the London champions. Now, not early in January, late enough in January, but they've they've had, kind of had their eye on the prize. They've had their mind on the game. Now, that isn't the case anymore because, obviously, the London champions now play in the Connacht Championship, but they're kind of used to that turnaround. But, again, I'll go back to what I was saying to you earlier on. From what I've seen of Nemo today and even in a few games that i caught on, on streaming the Irish Examiner streamed a few games uh, in the Cork Championship from what I've seen of them I think they're they're, they're more than set up to take on Carfin and they're more than set up to, to give them a close game and possibly win
1: Indeed that's a mouthwatering tie on the weekend of the 5th of January Lang oh, Langan it's been a pleasure having you on thanks very much
3: no bother, my pleasure. Yeah, it
1: was a pleasure having uh Ushin Langell on there, talking about Nino's fantastic win today in the AB Munster Club Championship final against Clamel Commercial. Some drama, some late drama in the Premier League. Leicester city with a goal in time added on. Kichi Ian Ocho with a late strike to give Leicester a two win over Everton and Manchester United and Aston Villa has finished level at two goals apiece. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Cork footballer Brian Hurley and we're going to talk to Neil McCarthy.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at RedFM.ie. Corks Red FM.
1: To Old Trafford we go, and to Peter Smith. Manchester United to Aston Villa 2, Jack Grealish fired Villa ahead with a brilliant bending shot. Villa's Trezeguet then had a strike ruled out by VAR before striking the post. Marcus Rashford leveled before the break, heading in Pereira's cross after a corner routine. Victor Lindelof's looping far post set up for United in front. But Villa hit back immediately when taro Mings volleyed in. Matt Target's lofted ball with VAR confirming he was onside. United 2, Villa 2. We get a full-time report on Leicester's win over uh, Everton in just a bit, but that has to be the end of Marco Silva,
2: right? Doesn't it? Oh, surely, yeah, yeah. He was hanging on by a thread, and I think, <laughs> I think even a draw like only would have prolonged the inevitable. Really, but yeah, he's surely going to go at this stage. I mean, there's talks of, um, well, there's this kind of rumours going around during the week that they that both Everton and West Ham are both after David Moyes <laughs> and that there's going to be this big kind of like <laughs> come, bidding here, war. come here, come here, bidding war for moyes of all They'd people. They'll be banning their eyelids at uh, <laughs> so, the chosen one.
1: Yeah. Um, Man United, I mean, like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer are still very much in trouble there as well. It wouldn't be a massive surprise to see him go before um, the, the game uh, on Wednesday night. Um, Manchester United uh, only have four wins from 14 games so far in this Premier League season. They are in ninth. But compared to Everton, they have only four points more. Um, yeah, so yeah I mean, when you
2: put it like that, I mean, yeah, it's it like the cracks are very noticeable. We were watching them there and like you were saying, like they, they're link-up play. Like just to watch them yeah. is, is brutal. Yeah. You know, it's, re- it's really, really bad at the back. There's, and, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but like it's just not clicking for them at all. So maybe a change of face might be the way to Possibly. go. Possibly, yeah, I'm going to get a full-time
1: report now from uh, Leicester and Everton. Derek Clark.
4: Full-time Leicester City 2, Everton 1. The Foxes go back to second in the table thanks to VAR. Richarlison headed Everton ahead in the first half before the Foxes were denied a penalty by VAR. Jimmy Vardy equalised from close range on 68 minutes before Kelechi Ian Achel won as a super sub. He scored for the Foxes. It was flagged for offside initially, but we went to VAR and it gave the goal. So it finished Leicester City 2, Everton 1.
1: And the latest from the Premier 1 under 20, the Premier 1 under 21, excuse me, hurling championship, third round clash, uh, Douglas and Duhallow, uh, going head to head. It's Douglas to lead 1 3 to 4 points with 20 minutes gone in the opening half there at the 4G pitch in Parkie Queve. Now we're going to talk to Cork footballer Brian Hurley. Brian was speaking at the announcement of UPMC as the official healthcare partner to the GAA and the
4: GPA.
1: Brian's been reflecting on his year, his return from injury, the year ahead for Cork and plenty more.
4: So Brian Hurley uh, it's November now you're looking back on the season just gone was it great personally for you just to get through it a full season without any serious injuries
0: Yeah um you know I suppose I kind of I always hoped i get it back to the, this level and uh, I suppose the league didn't go to my, the way I planned it to go um, but you know luckily the medical team got me in the right shape and got me back in for championship and um yeah, look, I was very, very happy with it um, overall, you know, uh, at one point I didn't think I'd see that day and look, I just take it every week by week now and see how the body is and try to push it to the max. and. Uh, Looking back over the last few months, I wasn't very, very happy, but I still think there's more, more to go, and I suppose just to put in the hard work in, in the winter now, and hopefully bring it out in 2020. Yes.
4: So, uh, so what is the, what's the current state of play? I suppose with injuries and uh, the, the, the kind
0: of the management you have to do with that. Yeah, um, I suppose without hiding it, there's a lot of work, a lot of work being done, and have to be done before you know you go out in the field. Um, I suppose basically like you know it feels good and all that but it's, it just keeps a lot of gym work I have to keep them top for a lot because if I don't keep the muscle you know strength up the, the tendon comes under pressure so I'm not the smartest guy in the world but I understand that part of it and uh, yeah so I do a lot of work and strength work but then it's to the hardest part of my game is to to really hit the hamstring and then to know how much recovery to get myself to go again and where to pull back that's the hardest part of it I suppose so Basically, um, gym is number one for me, um, and then obviously number two is recovery, and then performance wise, like you know, I don't think I can perform without doing the gym and the recovery, so I just take it in, in in strides really. Um, and you know, I have a very, very good strong medical team, as you probably know, because I don't think I'll be back at this level otherwise. Um, Aiden, Brian, Colin, you know, they're, Dr. Con, they're all very good, and you know, they know when to hold you back as well and, and when to release you, so. Yeah, look, there's a lot of work being put in but look, I think it's worth it and look, uh, hopefully, as I said, there's a bit more to give in the, in the next in the next year or so.
4: And does Ronan McCarthy, he obviously has to be very aware of this now. I'm assuming he has to be fairly facilitating me as well because you must have spent a lot of time away from the football field when no other lads are out training. You must be in gyms and all sorts of other things.
0: Yeah, um, in fairness to, to, to Ronan and his management team, they're actually pretty good in that area. Like, you know, um, they, they give me 100% trust and to call it my own way. So if they think, if I think I've enough, which I feel very hard to put my hand and say, I'm pulling out of this, like, you know, um, he gives me full authority in that, like, you know, but it's just, you know, when, it's very hard to balance, you know, when you have, when you're at your max or if there's slightly more in you without doing any damage, if you know what I mean, especially, you know coming up to this time of the year you're pushing your body very hard because um, it's winter training you're trying to get the max in the gym and push yourself in the pitch so you'll perform in you know, a league and for, for a championship but uh, yeah <clears throat> be honest with you they've been brilliant to me they've um, you know gave me it's, it's all in my own hands and not too many fellas would trust their players that much so you know, I, I, a lot of respect for them to be honest So, <clears throat> so you,
4: were, you were looking forward to a, a season ahead for Cork and in one way, 2019 finished really positively for the rebels. You, you did well. You got to the super eights and so on. But you're also now looking at potentially being in a battle to avoid being in
0: tier two championship next year. How are you looking at that? Yeah, look. Um, look. Being honest, look the situation it is. Like you know, I think we without it's, it's, it sounds a lot easier than it's going to be. But we kind of have to get out of um, Division Three. Like you know. Uh, and the way I suppose we look at it look um, is basically you're going to have to take it game by game like you know I think offly we've up first which you know people will say oh that's a handy one for Cork I, I don't see it that way like you know um, <laughs> you see with the weather outside pitches can be waterlogged sticky football um, you know all conditions can go against you and like for Offaly they're going to you know loving it like you know what I mean they're going to loving having a chap off us and, and like every other team so I think we have to be very focused on each game um, obviously as I said like you know just just focus on game by game and and hopefully pick up points as we go along but I think it's a crucial league campaign for us, like, you know, um and I think one we have to be, you know, fit and ready to go for.
4: It would be hard I'd imagine for a group of players who've played in big games in Crow Park this year, essentially all Ireland quarterfinals, to potentially be looking at being in a tier two
0: championship next year. Yeah, look. Um if I was being brutally honest, like I think, you know, you have whatever the six or six games or whatever is in the league and if you don't come out on top after playing all of them games, or don't get the opportunity to, to go up and get into tier one, uh, you 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 possibly deserve to be in tier two, like you know. So I think it's in our own hands. Um, uh, we we won't do pressure, you know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of worse worse things out there in life than worrying about tier one or two football. But look, football is there to be enjoyed. Uh, we're going to look forward to the first game. It's, I I'll be honest with you, like you know, last year. Uh, 2018 didn't go for me 19, there was a big progress I can't wait for 2020 and you know whether it's awfully Dublin Leash or Kerry in my first game I'm going to be I'm going to be ready for it and just looking forward to to be honest with you you know get back out there and enjoy your football just one last question. We're here today in Crow Park
4: at the launch of the new partnership between the GA and GPA and UPMC as their official healthcare partner. As a player and a, a fella who's unfortunately had to spend a lot of time in treatment centres of various types, it's important for this sort of thing uh, to happen
0: from, from a players' uh, welfare perspective. It, it is massive, like, and I'm not just saying it because I'm up here today. Um, like, you know, I think it's only people that have probably been in the same situation myself, who's been on the sidelines from, from a major injury, rely important these things are Um, like you know I I, I unfortunately had two injuries and I kind of learnt off my first one but I think the more awareness and the more knowledge out there in the medical side of things, and especially partnering up with the GPA and, and, G, and GA, um, it'll make players' lives a lot easier. Especially like you know, if something if something did happen to them or if they got a bad injury, um, the more knowledge and you know the more professional advice out there is better for us to get them back playing to where you want to be, and um, especially out there in Croker or whatnot. Um, like, you know, sitting on the sidelines um and not having, you know, any advice or people to bounce things off is the worst thing ever. And I found that the first my My first time around I didn't have the knowledge or I didn't probably I blame myself in a way, I didn't do much as much research as I did the second time. Um I found the right guy that did the surgery and you know, I think days like today in the partnerships is is very positive for players, you know, who push their bodies, you know, week in, week out, um, to the max and you know, God forbid, something did go wrong. That the knowledge and the cover and the support is there for us which I think is only a massive positive and hopefully it can only get get better and better going forward. Very, very honest stuff there from
1: Brian Hurley, reflecting on his year and the injury and recovery from that. And uh, looking ahead to Corks here in 2020, Brian Hurley speaking at the announcement of UPMC as official healthcare partners to the GAA and GPA. UPMC, which offers trusted, high-quality health services at UPMC, Whitfield Hospital in Waterford and other facilities in Ireland. will work with the GAA and the GPA to promote the health of Kelly players and the communities in which they play but great to hear uh, from Brian there Alright, just to get you an update on Duhallow and Douglas in the Premier Under-21 Hurling Championship third round clash approaching half-time there it's Douglas lead 1-5 to 5 points just a couple of minutes left to go on the 4G pitch there in Porky Cueve before the break Now I'm going to talk athletics I caught up with our court native Neave McCarthy after her recent success at the World uh, Athletics Championships in Dubai Neve with a bronze medal in discus after throwing a fourth round best of 29.7 metres I spoke to Niamh about her training camp in Tokyo 2020 but first about her performance in Dubai
9: I feel really good about it Um, it was pretty hard year and it was a very long year so I'm just really happy to have come home with a medal and you know, take a short bit of time off and then get cracking on for next year.
1: When you say it was a long year, was that the amount of events or what was it? Or
9: it was just the schedule because, yeah, like our World Championships were in November. And is it normally earlier, is it? It would be, like previously we've had like, you know, August, July, or maybe October was the latest one we'd done before, but the whole month later really kind of changed the way you had to plan things. So Was it's that
1: because it was in Dubai and they had to let the temperatures relax a bit or what? was um,
9: it, or? I would imagine so, because when we did Doha, that was October, so yeah. was just because the heat over there is so extreme. Um I mean I know the able bodied were, were late as well over in Doha themselves, but um I th- yeah I think it was just the heat. Yeah. But it's it's still hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how yeah how did you find the heat actually? Um how did you find competing in it as you mentioned yeah, you were in Doha like, you were see the we,
9: they plan it well in that there's only a short session in the morning yeah. and then the evening sessions, the sun's pretty much gone down by the time you're competing. So my own was basically what felt like in the middle of the night, but um, it wasn't too warm. But training over there, if you were in daytime, was pretty hard. Energy
1: sapping, I'd imagine. Isn't it? Yeah,
9: definitely, because, you know, it's it's not something we're used to. Like some of our competitors, you know, this is their natural environment, but, it, you know, us Ivers are not really <laughs> equipped to deal with it. What's
1: that big yellow ball yeah. in the sky like, you know? <laughs>
9: but uh, I know we, we all kind of got over it and you know everybody is in the same boat even if we're at a slight disadvantage and that's just you know the name of the game yeah, with competition. Do you
1: feel like the heat kind of impacts your performance then a little bit?
9: I think some people are different than others the way they kind of react to it like I didn't find it too bad to be honest um, though like I did spend a few years in France as a child growing up there so I kind of had a bit of kind of you know heat over there yeah. that it doesn't really seem to hit me as hard as others
1: What was the target going over
0: there?
9: Um, to be honest, just do as well as I could. Um, I had a really hard year just between the kind of schedule of the competition and just my training environment. There was a lot of changes this year, so it was pretty hard and I was just going to go over there and I was hoping for a medal because well I've had a medal yeah. at every championship so far but um, you know if I didn't get one on the day then that would have been okay with me as long as I did my best you know
1: When you say changes to your train, training environment did you change coaches or what was um, the story or was it just changing your routine or?
9: Yeah so the Paralympics Ireland head coach for throws uh, left us back in March he moved on to Athletics Ireland okay. uh, in a great position to kind of help you know progress throws in Ireland but that meant we then had to change coach but there was a bit of a gap before that was actually filled.
1: So you just kind of like training amongst yourselves then?
9: Well, because I have my home coach, John McCarthy, who I've been training with for years and years and years. So I still had him... Um, but back in August I met a coach from England Malcolm Fenton who comes over to help the Athletics Ireland coaches kind of progress Mm -hmm. and all of that and I kind of decided to give him a go I suppose really so I ended up swapping over to him from about September Um, but he's based in England so that means I kind of had to go over every few weeks to get a few days of training done with him and then the Paralympics Ireland new coach she came in in October as well so that was a big change Um, but the good change I had this year was actually Was able to build my own throwing circle, which has been really beneficial because the facilities in Cork are kind of pretty minimal. And the lovely people from the Caroline GA Club uh, offered me a piece of land next to one of their pitches. So back in June, I was able to build my own circle. Oh, fantastic! Oh, it was a massive difference because with CIT. Um, the cage has just been a lot of problems with that. Whereas now I can just go to my own circle whenever yeah, I feel like. Just got on the road,
1: basically. Yeah,
9: because it's literally five minutes down the road, so that made things a lot easier. So that was good.
1: So first, in at home, just with like uh, with a few minutes to spare, and you're kind of like, what will I do? Just go down. Yeah, True.
9: no, it was. Yeah, it's been really handy, and like I have a little tarp over it to give the water <laughs> off and all of that. But um, no, that's been a massive thing for me because it just made my training so easy to kind of fit around everything.
1: And when a new coach comes in, like a month before World Championships, are they trying to get their own ideas across, or just kind of basically just leaving things go as they were? Just yeah, no, how things go.
9: Most people kind of do have their own coach so that are uh, when they come in that late. They're just trying to tie in what with you already what you've been doing already, uh, and not try and change things because it's just too late. The year to be changing things, so no, her name's Alison, and she actually lives in UK herself. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's much travel in the future, but um, no, she's been very good just kind of facilitating whatever we needed, and then for next year, we'll kind of work on a bit more with her.
1: Um, was it 29.7? Was there, the brand winning throw? Was it?
9: Uh, something like that also, <laughs> I don't even remember I just knew it was enough for a medal yeah. um,
1: like, you also that feeling like you know when you just release the discus and you know yourself it's a good throw and it's like this is the bronze medal winning thrower, is it a medal winning thrower
9: well you see it was a very difficult competition it was slightly similar to Rio because after the first three throws they reverse the order and it's only the top eight that get the those yeah. last three and I went into the last three throws ranked seventh yeah. um, having thrown like 24 25 and with a best of over 32 that was really hard to deal with, and I think I managed the the twenty nine meter throw on my fourth. Yeah. But that meant there was everybody else had three more throws <laughs> um, to do. That's the, a nervous
1: weight I'd imagine. Oh right?
9: Jesus, it was absolutely brutal. Uh, I don't think my Fitbit thought I should have called the hospital, like, because my heart, <laughs> heart rate right. was just <laughs> gone. No, it was really difficult because like twenty nine isn't even my best. Like it's it's far from it, but. On the day, it was the best I could could do, and mm. it was yeah, it was just a waiting game to to make sure nobody.
1: Went yeah, past is it, it. A, kind of a weird sensation watching everyone else throw, hoping they fail, as opposed to like throwing off a winning. Throw. Yeah,
9: like it's it's difficult because like you don't you want to to win and everybody else be at their best and you still win. Yeah. But yeah, when you're in such a kind of precarious place as I was, I was kind of like, you yeah, know, it's <laughs> my turn now.
1: <laughs> and you can't really celebrate when someone doesn't get past 29 no. it's Just little fist bump kind yeah. of thing.
9: No, it's it's you well you want everyone to do well, but yeah, definitely that day i was I was praying to uh, yeah. <laughs> have a little slip up or something,
1: and the girls who finished ahead of you then on your day are you able to beat them? Do you think you can beat them?
9: Well, the girl who came in gold has been coming first for years and years and years. And the girl who came in second, I only found out the morning of my competition that she'd done a five metre PB only a few weeks before. Really? Um, So that was a bit of a shock to the system. Did that
1: you a little bit going into the...
9: Completely, because yeah. to be honest, my kind of, like my mental health has been at me a lot this year. So like my confidence in my throws had been really not where I wanted it to be. Mm. And it took the kind of week before my competition to kind of get back to a comfortable place. And then I found that out and I was just like oh no (laughs) it was yeah that was it was a massive shock and like because I was throwing late in the day I had the entire day to kind of mull it over (laughs) and try and process it but I'm glad I found out because I went into the competition knowing she was probably going to throw something pretty big Um, so I was prepared for it
1: when you get out there are you able to just shut that out or is it still still something that's in the back of your head
9: Just because I've just been that bit more fragile this year was kind of in the back of my head. And I mean, my technique didn't run away from me in Mm -hmm. the hour when I did my warm up to when I started competing. It was just my head that kind of let me go really because I just started panicking. Um, and like I was doing things in my throws that I've never done. Like it's Mm -hmm. not a, a known issue I've ever had. So. It's just trying to get over that. And I mean, luckily, I was able to for that one throw mm. and get me something, you know, half decent. <laughs> yeah. Um, But in terms of actually beating them, there is a lot of work to do. I haven't had the best year in terms of, I haven't actually progressed, which is new for me because, I mean, when you're first an athlete, PB, like, you know, everything is yeah. competition nearly And obviously that does slow down, but I didn't expect it to just not happen at all this year. Mm. So I am, I know there's still more in me and I just need to kind of, get things a bit more fine-tuned for it to actually appear next year because my training has been going really good I've gotten training personal bests you know throughout the year so I know it's there it's just kind of getting everything to to slot in right
1: and does sport and competing and training help with your mental health or does it kind of worsen things sometimes
9: see it's difficult because I've been so stressed just because of the sport to be honest that's been the cause and like I do work and that has been a lovely kind of distraction kind of away from it but just the year that everything that was changed it was kind of really hard and I felt slightly out of control which being a a bit of a control freak (laughs) was a bit a bit discomforting but
1: did you ever think like stepping back from it then and
9: I think because see before I always used to be like oh maybe I'll go as far as Paris in 2024 Um, but I think now I'm just kind of taking it a year at a time because it is it has been really drawing on me this year and I I kind of there was days where I just didn't recognise myself to be honest and trying to get myself to go training has been really difficult, Mm -hmm. especially with the change in coach. Going to a training session on your own versus having someone there making you go there, you know, that was something to adjust to and I definitely wasn't in the right place to kind of do it. Mm -hmm. But I'm you kinda just have to really Bring it back to the basics and just, you know, one day at a time and just get your session done. Because if you think too far ahead, it can really kind of get a bit too much. So right now I'm just aiming for the European Championships uh, in June in Poland and then Tokyo my competition is due to be on the 2nd of September, I believe. So that's in the back of my head, but I'm really just taking it a day at a time because I do feel I have a lot more to give to the sport Mm. um, and I just need to kind of get myself in a place where I can actually do that. So I am looking forward to the year. And
1: imagine the travelling stuff doesn't help either. It sounds very glamorous like going off to Dubai for a week, but I imagine it takes a lot out of you as well.
9: Yeah, and see, because of the coach being in England, I think I've been on a plane every single month since probably March, um, and I was supposed to go away to Portugal for a work thing. In December and it got cancelled I'm actually delighted because <laughs> what I less just strange, I swear like because it, it is actually quite hard because people are like oh enjoy your holiday and I'm like well, it's really definitely not a holiday <laughs> <laughs> no you, you do get used to it but it can be hard especially for longer periods of time where mm-hmm. you just you know you're hearing from your family and you know you just kind of want to be home
1: yeah so you have a bit of time off now before Christmas or you straight back into it or
9: yeah no this this week I'm I'm totally off um, and just enjoying doing pretty much nothing <laughs>
1: Weird,
9: is it? It's well, it's it's. I just I'm just enjoying it because I've such a short period of time now to actually kind of enjoy mm. away from training. But no, this week's off, and the next week I'll start just doing some kind of stuff at home, really, just to kind of keep the body ticking over, so that when I do get back into training, my body doesn't go into shock.
1: Mm. And the next event then is when it's the Europeans. The big
9: one is yeah, Europeans in June uh, in Poland. So like that will probably be the last qualifier for Tokyo. Yeah. So. That's kind of step one for me right now just to get as far as there and kind of get my qualification. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm positive because with the performance of the other team over in the worlds, automatic qualifiers are offered to anyone who comes between first and fourth place. Mm-hmm. And I came third, so I did win a spot for Ireland in Tokyo, yeah. so yeah, I do have to work to actually get my name on it first, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it is it is positive at the same time.
1: So are you constantly thinking about Tokyo, and is that always in the back of your mind whenever you're planning an event or going somewhere, training and it's, all that?
9: It's in the back. Is it all
1: consuming, basically?
9: <laughs> a bit. It can be really intense, especially with a big year, you know, with the Paralympics, because, you know four years of work goes into one event yeah. so although I'd love to kind of ignore it and you know day at a time <laughs> before I, it, you can't really ignore it and yeah. you know my mother's like oh should I book flights and all of this and I'm like oh god <laughs> yeah
1: yeah fantastic stuff uh, Niamh it's been a pleasure having you in thanks very much for coming in and i will be talking to you over the next year or so
9: thanks very much again
1: yeah always tremendous fun having uh, Niamh McCarthy in on the show and congratulations to her on that bronze medal finish uh, at the uh, World Parallel Championships in Dubai, incredible stuff and very honest stuff uh, from Nia there as well, talking about her mental health and how sport affects that and how it can improve it and disimprove it as well, so thank you to Nia for coming in to talk to us. Alright, half-time in the Premier Under-21 Hurling Championship third-round clash uh, Douglas are leading do hello 1-6 to 7 points uh, the latest score from their second half just about to get underway on the 4G pitch in Parky Creeve Talk a lot about manager sackings today, Ryan. There is going to be a lot of speculation about Marco Silva and whether or not he is going to get the boot. I thought has just crossed my head. If he gets the boot from Everton, will he end up back at Watford?
2: <laughs> oh, God, imagine. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It, like it, That would just really undermine the whole thing, wouldn't it? It's just kind of a musical chair. It'll all. be very interesting to see if it does happen. I'm not entirely sure it would, but uh, I'd imagine he's not going to be in charge uh, for the derby on Wednesday night. No. I well, actually, do you know what? I think he will be. I think he will be because I think they'll keep him for that and then sack him after that. They're not going to bring in someone new and say, OK, you're away to Liverpool there on Wednesday night. Do you know, I think, I don't know, they might just use him as the fall guy one more time and then I'd say he'll be gone by the end of the week, maybe.
1: Possibly, yeah, but if they lose uh, to Liverpool and... Let's face it; they probably will, uh, given the form of the two teams. And Southampton then beat Norwich City, Everton in the relegation zone on Wednesday night.
2: That is insane. Yeah, it's uh, like it's it's really fine margins though, because like you say, they are in 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 uh, contention to be in the relegation zone by the end of the week, but. Manchester United, who are now in the top half of the table, there are only four points clear of them now. Yeah. Do you know, so it's actually there's not that kind of almighty uh, yeah. kind of ten point gap between your 17th place, and kind of, do you know, like it's it's uh, it's much closer than you think. Yeah, Manchester United taking on Tottenham on Wednesday night, so I'll be interesting to see the reaction Josie Mourinho oh, gets he, he's back
1: that in Old Trafford. Be great. <laughs> Some very very interesting, very very intriguing ties uh, coming up in the Premier League this week. Uh, but that is pretty much our show for you this evening. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, indeed uh, for tuning in to The Big Red Bench on this uh, Sunday evening the 1st of December I imagine a lot of people are putting up their Christmas trees today I put mine up last week I got mocked incessantly oh by Ray God. Foley very early for that so <laughs> be sure and tune in to, to Breakfast at Ray and Jay tomorrow from 6 for more mocking me about my Christmas trees uh, have you got your tris- Christmas tree have you got your Christmas tree up
2: <laughs> my tree is up and all my presents are wrapped and underneath the it already. I can't wait to see gone. what
1: you've gotten me I really look forward to that alright we're on of time podcast online very shortly red extra.ie and uh you can get a the podcast there as well and uh, follow us uh, at big red bench and donovan's up next with green on red uh for the next three hours the best in irish music uh, so tune in for that and uh, we'll talk to you next Saturday at six
0: miss the show grab the big red bench podcast at redfm.ie. corks
1: red fm